But this morning, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, and uh, it's the Beatitude chapter, the Sermon on the Mount. This morning, I want to talk about thanksgiving, thanksgiving unto the Lord, amen? Jesus, in chapter 5, Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, and and, uh, the the Beatitudes here, and in verse number 5, verse number 6, I'm sorry, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. One thing, as you look through the Word of God, and if you look through the New Testament, the word righteousness is is in the New Testament alone. Now I'm talking about the Old. In the New Testament alone, the word righteousness is, is there over 90 times. It's quite a few times that the Lord talks about righteousness. The Old Testament is filled with righteousness, but so is the New Testament. Over 90 times, the Lord talks to us and challenges us about righteousness, making right choices, right decisions, doing the right thing. And here, in, in I just want to give you some verses here. Verse number 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are you hungry and thirsty to do the right thing, to want to do the right thing? We should all say yes as believers in the Lord. In verse number 10, it says, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you want to do the right thing in this world, when you want to live for Jesus, when you want to live according to the word of God, guess what? Everyone is going to praise you. No. Everyone is going to party with you. No. Everyone is going to want, they're going to want to persecute you. Because you're going against the grain or against the flow, like they say. Because the Word of God, how many of you know, the world is going one way, and the, which is a highway to destruction, and the Word of God is a pathway to the kingdom of God. And so the Bible says that if you want to live for righteousness, you've got to make a choice. Are you willing to, to count the cost that living for Jesus is, is, is a, the greatest thing you could ever do? But you will be persecuted for living the gospel. You will be. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will be. But God will be with you to strengthen you, to help you, and to be your shield amidst all of that persecution. Amen? And so the Lord is telling us that blessed are those who seek after righteousness. Welcome, brother. Who seek after righteousness. But those who do want to walk in righteousness and seek after righteousness can expect persecutions and trials to come. Verse number 20. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, the word of God is challenging us to seek after righteousness in our lives as individuals. It means we have a choice of our daily life. The choices we make in life should be choices of righteousness, of wanting to do the right thing, of wanting to live the right way, uh, and to go on the right pathway. In verse number tw- uh, 20, uh, which we just read, and Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, you all know that verse, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So the Lord is challenging us to seek. It means we need to do. How do you know what we have? We need to be doers of the word of God. Amen. The Lord, but we can only do it in and through the help of the Lord and by the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
God wants us to seek after righteousness, to hunger and thirst for it, as it says in here. So that's something that is, in other words, the Bible is telling us there must be something inside of us stirring us to want to live and do and make right choices, but we on our own can, it's going to be hard and difficult on our own, but with the Lord's help, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Strengtheneth me for what? Strengtheneth me to lift weights? Well, hey, we, we, we need to work out an exercise too. But that's not the strength that the Lord wants to give us. The Lord strengthens us to, to seek and hunger after righteousness in our lives. To walk that path of righteousness. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. I just want to look at two more verses before we get to our text. 2 Timothy, turn with me, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. Again, you're all familiar with these verses and you know them well, most of you. Chapter Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. It says, All Scripture is inspired of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for, this is what I want to focus on, and for training or instruction in righteousness. In other words, we're, we need to be a people in training. Training for what? Righteousness. To do the right thing. To take on lifestyle that is right before the eyes of God. Lord, I want to live. I want to do what is right and in your sight and in your hearing. Lord, this is this is, needs to be my cry and my heart. Lord, that in your sight and your hearing, I want to do the right thing, but I need you to help me, to strengthen me, to guide me in all things. Amen? So the Bible tells us that we have a choice. Do you want to be trained up in the things of righteousness? Yeah, how do you get trained up? By listening to the Word of God? Meditating on the Scriptures, searching the Scriptures, applying the Scriptures to my life. Lord, teach me. Lord, teach me. Lord, teach me. Instruct me in the ways that I should go. Amen. How many times does the psalmist cry out, Lord, instruct me, teach me. Your words are are are, are wonderful, and I want to live according to the Word of God. And this is this is the passion. This is the fire that God wants to stir in us, a passion and a fire to hunger and to thirst after righteousness. It's a choice. God doesn't, we don't become born again and have our sins forgiven so that we can continue in unrighteous living and actions. God cleanses us, forgives us, but now says, walk ye, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Go with me to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Psalm 118, and I want to look at verses 19 through 21. I want to read these verses to you. If you have your Bibles, follow along. Psalm 118, verses 19 to 21. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. Lord, open to me the gates of righteousness, and I shall enter, what's it say? I shall enter through them into the doorway of wanting to do the right thing. Lord, if you open the door to me and show me the right way to go, I'll enter in. How many of you want to enter in and follow the Lord? It's a choice. 
Every day that we wake up and live, we have a choice to make. Lord, open to me the gates of righteousness. And He has. Through Jesus Christ, God has opened the way of righteousness for us. And now it's our choice to enter in. I want to enter into the righteousness, to the teachings of the Lord. And I shall give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you put me on a pathway of righteousness. Amen? It's a good thing. And then what does it say? This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I shall give thanks to thee, for thou hast answered me, and thou hast become my salvation. Hallelujah. How many of you know Jesus as Savior and Lord? Amen. You've entered into the righteousness of the Lord, because our righteousness is as filthy rags. What does that mean? That if we try to do what is right, what we think is right in our own eyes, guess what? That's not the righteousness of God. We can't, we don't, on, in our own sense, in our own power, in our own minds, in our own education, it doesn't matter how educated or uneducated we are. That if, if it's up to us to determine what is right and what is wrong, it's like filthy rags, the Bible says. Because we don't know what is right and wrong apart from God. What do we know? You might think something is right, he might think something is right, he might think something is right, and they all conflict. Who's right? We have to look to the author and finisher of our faith. We have to look to the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, to the one who formed you and fashioned you into the womb, and say, Lord, you alone have righteousness. You know what is right and what is wrong. Open unto me the gates of righteousness, and I will enter in. In other words, Lord, show me the way of righteousness. Show me. Teach me what is right. Teach me. I want to learn. I'm willing to be a disciple. I'm willing to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But you need to teach me, Lord, so that I can walk in the ways that are right. I don't want to walk according to what seems right in my own eyes. I want to walk according to the Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. What does it say in the Old Testament? Everyone did what they see, what seemed right in their own eyes. And that's a lot that you hear in the world today. Whatever whatever you feel like, if it works for you, do it. That's doing whatever seems right in your own eyes. That's a philosophy of the world. That's a philosophy of a generation. But that's not the Word of God. That's not what God declares to us. The Lord declares to us that He is the righteous God. He, Jesus, is the son of righteousness, and that if we look to him, the author and finisher of our faith, he will show us the pathway that we need to walk on. Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Open unto me the gates of righteousness, Lord, and I shall enter in, and I shall give you thanks and praise for leading me and guiding me. Hallelujah. But one thing it says here, Lord, Show me the gates of righteousness, I'll enter in, and I'll give you thanks. It says, I shall give you thanks. Now, our text for today is Psalm 140, verse number 13. Turn with me to Psalm 140, verse number 13. And it talks in here about uh, David being pursued, being, you know, his life was, was, uh, was a mixed thing. From being pursued and chased after and sought after to being king, to being the shepherd boy, to slaying, you know, to slaying delight, the whole, there's a whole range of, of things that, that David lived through. But through it all, 
Through it all. Here he's talking in Psalm 140. He's talking about those that are, that are looking to do him harm. And, but at the last verse, he says, surely, surely, certainly, no doubt about it, surely, the righteous. Who are the righteous? Those that seek the face of God, that seek his word, that give ear to the words of the Lord and say, Lord, I want to walk with you. I want to follow after you. My heart as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longeth for you, Lord God, that you may teach me and guide me. Be the shepherd and the bishop of my soul. Hallelujah. And David said, surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. You understand what he's saying? Surely the righteous shall give you thanks. Hallelujah. Give thanks unto the Lord. You see, this psalm here is talking about, you know, life is filled with the poor, the persecuted, the afflicted, but the ones that call that the ones it doesn't matter if you're poor if you're afflicted or you're persecuted whatever you find yourself in life the key is that are you hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of the lord god almighty if you are god will bless you jesus says in luke chapter 4 the anoint the he's anointed of the lord to preach the gospel to what to set the captives free to get to set at liberty you know to 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 set at liberty the downtrodden life causes us problems situations life will trample over you life will trod you down but jesus said i've come to lift up I'm the glory. What does Jesus say? I'm the, what does the word of God say? I'm the glory and the lifter of your head. You feel like this world has gotten you downtrodden? Well, turn to Jesus and let Lord, I seek after you, after your righteousness. Jesus will pick you up and lift you up so that no matter what you go through in life, Jesus will let you lift your head up and say, My God is my shield and my defender. He's my provider. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. No matter what I face, I walk through the waters, I will not drown. I go through the fires of life, and yet I will not be burned, because the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. But we need to seek. Choose to seek after his righteousness. The righteous will have the occasion to praise God, to give thanks to God. We need to give thanks to God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12 says, we need to give God. Where do we have the opportunity to thank God? When we come to church in the morning, on Sunday, when we come to Bible study on Wednesday, why do we open up with praise and worship? Because we want to praise Him and worship before Him. And we want to sing and declare the thanks to our God for what He has done and what He is doing in our lives. And it says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly or the congregation, I will sing praise to you, giving thanks to the Lord. Psalm 35, verse 18, and if you're taking notes, write these down. Go home and look at them, meditate on them. Let them rehearse them in your spirit and in your mind. Verse 
Psalm 35, verse 18, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many peoples. If we can't give thanks and praise to the Lord when we come to the house of the Lord, where else are we going to thank Him? Where else are we going to praise Him? We need, that's why we come together to praise the Lord and to give thanks to His name. The righteous, those who seek after the Lord, surely will praise Him, surely will thank the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4.15 says, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of the Lord. That thanksgiving may abound, overflow, be abundant to the glory of God. Why do we declare the thankfulness of what God has done for my life, for your life, for our life, for us as a church? It gives glory to God. It declares there is a God in heaven whose hand is upon my life, who saved me and redeemed me, who's at work in me to create a fire for righteousness to seek Him. Giving thanks to God brings glory to His name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have opportunity in the church to give glory to God. We have opportunity in the situations of our life to give glory to God. Psalm 56.10 says, I will, in God, I will praise His Word. In the Lord, I will praise His Word. You see, if we, that's why we need to study and meditate the Word of God. We need to be diligent studiers of the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, so that when we're in a situation of life, and life will throw many situations and circumstances your way, and every day or every week or every month or every year may be different. But you're going to be faced with situations and circumstances that will challenge you to make choices. And unless we know the Word of God, and whatever situation and circumstance comes our way, I'm going to know the Word of God, and I'm going to depend upon the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me to bring to remembrance His Word so that I can speak His Word over every situation and every circumstance. That I can say, Lord, I need and want and desire, and I know you will give me. I thank you for the wisdom for this situation. I thank you for the wisdom for this circumstance. I thank you, Lord God, that I will confess your word over this report. I confess, I will confess your word over it. And so, God, we ha- we can give thanks to God that in the situations of life, he gives us his word to see that, to see that situation through. Look at your situation through the Word of God, through the eyes of the Lord, and it will make a difference for you. And stand on the Word of God in your situation and circumstances. My wife taught in Sunday school. You don't wrap the circumstances around God and judge God according to your circumstances, but you wrap God around your circumstances. And that when God is wrapped around them, they will change. God can do all things. We preached on that. Amen? God can do all things, right? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? You remember Nehemiah in chapter 12. He was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And what they did was they they, they divided the people and they put singers and, and, and players on one part of the wall and, and the other, they, they divided them in half because, you see, Nehemiah invented stereo. God gave him the... the yes, you read it. 
God put, Nehemiah had all a bunch of singers and choir instruments on one side, and the other half he put on the other side of the wall. And when they said it, he said, and the purpose of doing this was to sing the praises of God and to declare thanksgiving unto God. And so on the walls of Jerusalem, as they were rebuilding it, he got them on both sides of the wall, and he, he says, all right. Now, strike up the praises of God, and now declare thanksgiving unto God. And they shouted out, and they sang, and they sang the praises of God, and they were shouting out the thanksgiving unto God. And so, always, God is always looking for a people who will praise Him, and a people who will thank Him. God inhabits the praises of his people. And when you give thanks to God, you're glorifying his name. You're exalting the Lord of glory. And God will show up in your life. And God will show up in your situation. And God will show up wherever you are where you're thanking God and praising his name. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed to thank him and praise him. It doesn't matter your situation. Hallelujah. Paul was in prison when he wrote to the Colossians. He was locked up. He was behind bars. It's not good to be locked up. Now, Paul, Paul wasn't a criminal, but Paul was being persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Paul was preaching the gospel. And they said, Paul, you can't do this. You need to shut your mouth or we're going to put you in jail. And Paul says, who, you know, what, what did they say? Who are we going to please, God or man? And so they put, Paul found himself in prison, didn't he? But in prison, he wrote several gospels, and one of them was the, the, the epistles, rather, the epistle to, to Colossae. And it says in, in verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3, be thankful. He's in jail, and he's telling the Christians out there, be thankful for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Can you imagine a man in prison telling the church out there who are free, who are out there, they're not in prison with him. He's talking to those who are not behind bars. Well, he's behind bars. And he's saying, be thankful for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Are you thankful for your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Or are you looking at them and saying, why are they here? They should be home. They don't belong here. We need to look at each other and say, we are the redeemed of the Lord. But for the grace of God, who am I? And we need to look around us and say, thank you, Lord, for this brother that you've added, for this sister that you added to this work. Thank you that we are co-laborers for Christ, for the kingdom of God. Together we could do a mighty work for the Lord if we're not fighting amongst ourselves, if we're not, if we're not bashing ourselves, if we're, if we're not looking at each other and saying, ah, 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 and getting, Paul says, be thankful for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. What does Jesus say? This is how they'll know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. Without love, we're just clanging cymbals. And we can make a lot of noise like tambourines in the church. But it doesn't do anything. But if we love, if we, if we, we work together in love for the cause of Christ, great things, great things will happen. Hallelujah. He also says in verse 12, be thankful for kingdom citizenship. 
Be thankful that your name is inscribed in the Lamb's book of the living and that you have a place in God's kingdom, that everlasting kingdom, that everlasting place called heaven. Even now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are in the kingdom of God. But our journey is not over. Our journey is not through. We're pilgrims on that pathway. And we need the help of the Lord to make right choices and do the right thing. To Right? While we walk on that pathway. We know where our home is. But we cannot stop living and doing the right thing. He also says in Colossians 2 verse 7, Be overflowing with thanksgiving. Paul's in jail. He's in prison. Bread and water. Bread and water, if he even got that. Who knows if the water was clean? Who knows if the bread wasn't moldy? But Paul is saying, Praise God, let there be overflowing thanksgiving to God. Remember Joseph when he was in prison? Do you think Joseph was complaining or do you think he was giving thanks and praise to his God? He was a testimony. What about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and them, them guys? They were in, they were in captivity. They, they were praising God and giving thanks to his name. You cannot let your situation dictate to you whether or not you're going to praise God. You can't say, I'm going to give thanks to God when I get all my money, when I get all a new house, when I get a new car, when I get a new job, then I'll thank God. No, you. we need to thank God in our current situation and in our current circumstances, and they may all be different circumstances, different situations, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we give thanks to God for being my God, our God, your God. Hallelujah. He says in verse Colossians 3.15, be thankful for the peace of being in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. One may be a nose, one may be an ear, one may be a mouthpiece, one may be a finger, one may be a toe. It doesn't matter. You're in the body of Christ. And that's what matters. The matter is that I am part of the body of Christ. And where God places me, I'm going to give thanks to his name. Oh, but Lord, I should be the mouthpiece. But Lord, I should be the hand. Stop grumbling and complaining and give thanks to the Lord that you're a finger, that you're a hand, that you're an ear, that you're a nose, that you're a mouth. Whatever, wherever God has placed you, there's a reason and a purpose for His glory. Praise Him and thank Him for where God has placed each of us in the body of Christ. That's what Paul says. He knows what was going on out there. He's in jail, but he's saying, listen, get along. Be thankful that you're in the body of Christ. Be thankful that you have a part in the kingdom of God. Be thankful for the Lord your God. And he says, be thankful in song, Colossians 3.16. Be thankful in song. Whatever you do, be thankful. Give, sing to God with a cheerful heart. Sing to God with a thankful heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He says, be thankful in 317. Be thankful for your work in Christ. And he says in Colossians 412, be thankful in prayer. You see, it doesn't matter what you're looking through, whether it be prison bars, or whether you're looking through an abundance of finances, give God praise and thanks for what you have. And say, Lord, I'm seeking after your righteousness. 
that I live rightly wherever you station me in this life. Wherever I find myself at this time, I'm believing you that your plans for me are not of evil, but to give me a future and a hope. And where I am right now, Father, I'm going to bless you and thank your name. I'm going to love my brothers and sisters. I'm going to try to bring out the best in the wor- in the, my brothers and sisters. I'm going to work with each other because we are part of the kingdom of God. We are co-laborers for Christ. Hallelujah. And it says we need to give thanks to God in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15 says that we must continually give thanks to God through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is what the Word of God tells us, declares to us to do. That when we thank God, say, Father, because if, if, if God had not given us Jesus, how would we give thanks to Him for our salvation? We wouldn't be saved, would we? We would be trying to get righteousness on our own, and guess what? None of us, no one can, can attain righteousness on their own apart from Christ. This is what the gospel teaches us. This is what the New Testament teaches us, that apart from Christ, we cannot have any righteousness. We, you know, even if we seek it, we can't find it because it's not found apart from God, righteousness in God. And so it says in Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. All thanksgiving goes to God the Father through the name of Jesus. This is what the gospel declares to us. This is not my thoughts. This is not my ideas. This is what, as you read Scripture, as you look through the Word of God, this is what the Word of God declares to us and challenges us to do. That if you're going to give glory to God, give it in and through the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because in Acts 4.12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we are to be saved but the name of Jesus. And so opportunity comes as we come to church. Opportunity arises in your situations and circumstances to thank God. It doesn't matter what they are. And it, and, and opportunity comes and it's there, but we do it. We give thanks to God in and through the name of Jesus. Never be ashamed of the name of Jesus. He gave himself for you. He loves you. He gave himself for you. And I just want to give you three things. That surely, the Bible says, Psalm 140 says, surely the righteous will give thanks to the Lord. Surely we will not be unmindful. Romans 12.2 tells us to be renewed, transformed by the renewing of our mind, to understand that now everything, you know, what God has saved me, God's mercy is new upon me every morning. Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. The Bible tells us in Lamentations that what? His compassions are new upon you 
upon us every morning. Jesus, the Word of God, Hebrews says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We've got to be mindful of what the Lord has done and is doing and is doing every moment that we live. He's watchful over your life. He's covering you with His love. He's covering you to be a shield over your life. He is your Lord and your God who loves you and wants to lead you and equip you through the days of your life. And we've got to be mindful of the Lord in us. And give him thanks. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. You know the Lord loves you? Do you know the Lord loves you? Do you know he cares about you? The Bible tells us, cast all your care. All your care. Not some of it. Don't pick and choose. Cast all your care upon the Lord. Why? Because he careth for you. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we, we've got to be mindful of giving the Lord praise. We can't, we can't, it doesn't matter if someone else doesn't want to give thanks to the Lord. That's their choice. That's their decision. My choice, my decision is that I'm going to be mindful of the Lord's saving me, redeeming me, being at work in my life. I'm in a process. We're all in a, we're all in a, we're all being changed and transformed daily, aren't we? We need the Lord at work. So I'm mindful that I need Him. I'm thankful for your compassions, Lord. My office before I come out. Father, thank you that your love covers me. Your compassions are upon me this morning. I need you. Fill me. Oh, Lord. And we be thankful each day for the Lord's work in your life. And don't be unwilling. It's a choice to be thankful for the Lord. Don't be unwilling. You remember the story of the ten lepers? Jesus healed them all. And he says, go show yourself to the priest. And how many came back? One. And Jesus said, only one came back to give me thanks? Only one? Don't forget to give thanks to the Lord for what he's done in your life, for what he's doing in your life. Don't forget to give thanks. You know, I'm not saying that you don't give thanks to the Lord But the Bible shows us examples of people who've been touched by God and walk away without turning back and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Be thankful for what God is doing in your life and more follows. You can't outgive God. But as you acknowledge God, His love and His mercy and all that He's doing in your life, as you turn to Him and say, Thank you, Lord. When somebody does you good, do you just walk away from them? Do you just say, Okay, bye. Don't you say thank you? When somebody gives you something, don't you say thank you? Isn't it respectful and honorable to say thank you when somebody does you good? Right? You don't say thank you to someone who steals your wallet, but you say thank you for someone who does good to you. Right? And whose desire, who if someone that comes to you and you know that they love you and care about you and they do something, how can you not say thank you? Huh? We live in an unthankful generation, I'm telling you. But when God does something in your life, when he brings you peace and comfort or help in any, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in my life. And so thankful in the best way that we can be give thanks to God is through thanks living, saying, Lord, I want to seek after your righteousness. Open unto me the gates of righteousness and I shall enter in and I shall thank you. I shall praise your name. You see, we've got to be doers of the word. Doers out of love for who the Lord is. Doers out of love that he first loved me. Doers of the word because he will never leave me nor forsake me. His love will never fail me. And so I do for the Lord out of a heart of love, knowing that he cares so much for me. 
And it says in there in Psalm 1, we're going to close with this, in Psalm 140, verse 13, the last part it says that, the, that surely, surely, surely the righteous will give thanks to the Lord and they shall dwell in thy presence. Hallelujah. 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 In his love. You know, Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 16, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever comes to him, you know, the Bible says, I'm paraphrasing, he will in no wise cast out, but he'll take you in his arms and love on you, wash you clean, forgive you of your sin. When we repent, you know, we, we need repentance in our lives to say, Lord, I want to stop the going my way and I want to go your way. Forgive me. Wash me clean of my sins. Lord, I accept what you've done for me on Calvary. Cleanse me. Purge me. Lord, I seek after your righteousness. God takes you in his arms of love and he begins to love on you and work in your life to make you a person who will be bring glory to his name, to bring honor to his name. Not shame to his name, but honor to his name. And we need to keep ourselves in that place where God can work on us and work in us and work through us. In you, Lord, do I live and meet, move and breathe and have my being. And as you come into that, the, the, that thy presence, you're in his love. And when you're in the presence of the Lord, you're in his protection. You know, Psalm 91, I'm not going to go there. You know all Psalm 91. Be come, come into the shadow of the winds of the Almighty. He will protect you and watch over you. Let him be your strong tower, your, your, your shield, your buckler. What does John 10 say in verse 11? That Jesus is the good shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd watches over his flock, feeds them, brings them to places where he provides pasture and water, where he protects them. He, put, he, he, he watches over them. If they're injured, what does he do? He goes to mend them. He goes to restore them. He's the good shepherd. He, we're under his watchfulness. We're under his care. We're under his protection. And so as we come into the presence of the Lord, giving him thanks, you thank you that you watch over my life. Thank you that you lead me beside still waters. Thank you that you bring me in green pastures. Thank you that you know all the things that, are, that afflict me, that you care and that you come to, to do these things. And we live in his presence. We're living in his favor. Daniel, Joseph, Moses, you know them all. That he, because they sought righteousness, because they gave thanks to God in every situation and circumstances, what did God do to Daniel? He gave him favor and raised him up. What did God do to Joseph? Gave him favor and raised him up. And what did he do to Moses? Gave him favor and raised him up. Why? Because they sought after the righteousness of God and they sought his face. And they knew in whom they have believed, and they God raised them up. God will raise you up, no matter what the situation or circumstance. God will raise you up and see you through, but continually give thanks. And I want to end with this. We're saying all this because the Bible declares to us that in all your ways and in all your days, give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His mercy is endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just take a moment. Just take a moment and, and don't look at anyone. Just take a moment and just give thanks to God. Right where you're sitting, 
Just give thanks to God for what He's done in your life and what He's doing in your life and confess over God. Confess to God. Lord, I thank You for what You're going to do, what You're about to do in my life. Whatever your situation, whatever your need, just thank God that He's watchful, He knows, and that He's your helper and your guide, your strength and your shield. You just talk to God, but give Him thanks. Thank God. Thank Him, thank Him, thank Him in your own way. Take a minute and just give Him thanks for His work in your life. Hallelujah.